Alright, Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. We left off on Adadu Qiyami Ramadan. The number uh, of what one prays in the night of Ramadan. What, how much does one pray in the night in Ramadan? Okay, so Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim An Abi Salamat ibn Abdul Rahman radiyallahu anhu Annahu sa'ala Aishata Kayfa kanat salatu Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Fi Ramadan Faqalat ma kani yazidu fi Ramadan Wala fi ghayrihi ala ihda asharata raka'a Yusalli arba'an fala tasal فلا تسل عن حسنهن حسنهن وطولهن ثم يصلي أربعا فلا تسل عن حسنهن وطولهن ثم يصلي ثلاثا فقلت فقلت يا رسول الله فقلت يا رسول الله أتنام قبل أن توتر قال يا عائشة إن عيني تنامان ولا ينام قلبي So, uh, Abi Salama narrates that he asked Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, how was the salat of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi in Ramadan? She said, he did not pray more, <coughs> basically, uh, he did not do more than 11 rak'ah in the night, in Ramadan or in other than Ramadan. He would pray four. And then she said, don't ask about how beautiful they were and how long they were. And then he would pray another four. Don't ask about how beautiful they were and how long they were. I Meaning that they were really beautiful and they were really long. And then he would pray three. Witted. And so the narrator says, so Aisha says, so I asked O Messenger of God, do you sleep before you pray witted? And he said, my eyes sleep, but my heart does not sleep, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, my my eyes sleep, but my heart does not sleep, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this narration indicates 11. وَعَنْ يَزِيدَ بِنْ رُمَانَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالْ كَانَ النَّاسُ يَقُومُونَ فِي زَمَنِي عُمْرِ بِنْ خَطَابِ فِي رَمَضَانِ بِثَلَاثٍ وَعِشْرِينَ رَكَعًا he says the people in the time of the of ta- in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an in Ramadan they would pray twenty three rakah they would pray twenty three so twenty tarawih and then three is the witr. وروي عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أو عن ابن مسعود ما رآه المؤمنون حسنا فهو عند الله حسن وما رآه المسلمون قبيحا فهو عند الله قبيح. Interesting that he brings that here. This narration says that the Prophet ﷺ, it's narrated from him or from Ibn Mas'ud. It's also alternatively narrated from Ibn Mas'ud. That whatever the Muslims see as good, then it is good. And whatever the Muslims see as bad, then it is bad. This doesn't mean like every three Muslims. This means that if something is accepted as acceptable, Amongst the broad population of the Muslims, then it would be uh, 
a good thing. Uh, why is it saying that? Because we have here, how many do people pray? You have one in, 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 in Ramadan for the night prayer. You have the narration of the Prophet them that's indicating 11. Then we have the narration of the time of Sayyidina Umar an, that's indicating 23. And the practice of the Muslims after the time of Umar is 23, broadly speaking. So why is this narration being brought up? Because it's to say even though the Prophet did it in a particular way, them, there still must be something to the way Sayyidina Umar did it, if everyone agreed. If everyone agreed, then there must be something to it. And that's, you know, that continuity of practice, that inherited practice is important. And باب الخامس في الأمور المنهي عنها في الصوم منها الجماع The fifth chapter is on the things that are prohibited while one is fasting and from them are intimate relations. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال جاء رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال هلكت يا رسول الله قال وما أهلكك قال وقعت على امرأتي في رمضان قال هل تجد ما تعتق رقبة؟ it is? Yeah. Oh no. Take it. What thing? My tank thing. Can you bring it to me? I'm teaching my class right now. But it won't get me. What do you mean it won't let you? I won't. I, I can't play out. You know what I'm going to say. You're going to say that I want to eat you. Where are you going? Don't mess up that. Maybe Izzy can help you. See if Izzy can help you. Or maybe Mommy. Or you want to stay there. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, John. Okay. Can, but, but Zakia. Can you be quiet because Papa's teaching? Okay. Thank you, John. هلكت يا رسول الله قال وما أهلكك قال وقعت على امرأتي في رمضان قال هل تجد ما تعتق رقبة قال لا قال فهل تستطيع أن تسوم شهرين متتابعين قال لا قال فهل تجد ما تطعم ستين مسكينة قال لا قال ثم جلس فأتي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بعرق فيه تمر فقال تصدق بهذا فقال الرجل أعلى على على أفقر منا يا رسول الله فوالله ما بين <laughs> such a funny narration wait till I translate it فوالله ما بين لابتيها I don't know what that says أهل بيت أحوج إليه منا فضحك النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللابتان تثنية اللابة وهي أرض ذات حجارة أو أوكي ما بين لابتيها أهل بيت أحوج إليه منا فضحك النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حتى بدت أنيابه ثم قال اذهب فأطعمه أهلك so really funny narration so the man comes to the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he says O oh messenger of God I'm destroyed he said what is it that destroyed you he said, I had relations with my wife during Ramadan. Like during when I'm supposed to be fasting. 
So the Prophet told him, do you have like a slave that you can free? And he said, no. He said, do you, are you able to fast two months consecutively? This is the kafara, this is the expiation for doing what he did in Ramadan, right? Free a slave or fast two months consecutively. Free a slave, if not, fast two months consecutively. If not, feed 60 people, okay? So he says, do you have a slave that you can, you can free? He says, no, I don't. He says, are you able to fast two months consecutively? He says, no, I'm not. He says, do you have enough food to be able to feed 60 people? He says, no. <laughs> He's saying, I don't have any of these things. So so the, the Prophet was, um, he just sat there. And then the Prophet was, uh, like they were just sitting there. And he was, it was brought to him uh, a quantity of dates. So the Prophet them told him, Give charity with these dates. Give charity with these dates. You, know, you can feed 60 people with these dates. Give each of them some dates, whatever. So the man said, Should I find someone who's even poorer than we are? Like my family? <laughs> like if I'm going to give it to someone who's hungry, my family were hungry, you know? <clears throat> so, uh, so he said, Ya Rasulullah, should I find someone that's more poor than, than we are? Because there's nobody uh, in that lives in like this area, you know. That basically, there's nobody on the on the land that's in more need than than my family is. So when the, when he said this to the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet laughed until his his teeth showed. You know, he laughed until his teeth showed, and then he said, "Go and and feed it to your family." <laughs> so it's a funny narration. وَمِنْهَا الْأَكْلُ وَالشُرْبُ وَالْقَيْءُ عَمْدًا From those things that are prohibited are eating, drinking, and vomiting intentionally. Vomiting intentionally. عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنَّ عَنَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ مَنْ أَفْطَرَ يَوْمًا مِنْ رَمَضَانٍ فِي غَيْرِ رُخْصَةٍ رَخَّصَهُ اللَّهُ لَهُ لَمْ يَقْضِ عَنْهُ صِيَامُ without having one of the acceptable reasons that Allah has given for doing so, then nothing will make, if, if they were to fast thereafter, it wouldn't make up for that day that they lost, even if they did it, even if they did fast thereafter. So it's to emphasize the importance of not doing that. وَعَنْهُ عَنَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ مَنْ نَسِيَ وَهُوَ صَائِمٌ فَأَكْلَ أَوْ شَرِبَ فَلْيُتِمَّ صَوْمَهُ فَإِنَّمَا أَطْعَمَهُ اللَّهُ وَسَقَى he says the the Prophet ﷺ said the one who forgets while they are fasting and eats or drinks, then they should complete their fast because Allah uh, fed them and gave them drink, fed them and gave them drink, because Allah fed them and gave them drink. Uh, one of our Arabic teachers he used to joke and say that you know about this hadith he used to say I've been waiting for my whole life for Allah to feed me and give me drink <laughs> like every time I'm fasting I've been waiting my whole life for for this uh, opportunity that Allah gives me food and gives me drink and I forget and I eat while I'm fasting but I never forget and I've just been fasting you know he said you know how Egyptians are they're very light hearted mashallah uh, Another narration says, "Man akala aw shariba nasiyan fala yuftir fi inma huwa rizqun razaqahu Allah." That if the person eats or drinks out of forgetfulness, 
then they should complete their fast because it is a sustenance that they have been given from Allah. وعن أسماء بنت أبي بكر رضي الله عنها قالت أفطرنا على عهد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم غيم ثم طلعت الشمس قيل له شام فأمروا بالقضاء قال لا بد من قضاء So Asma bint Abu Bakr, the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anha, anhuma, says that we broke our fast in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam on a day that was overcast. Uh, then the sun came out. Then the sun came out, and it was, this was mentioned to Hisham, and Hisham said, "We need to, uh, we need to make up this day." So let's see what the commentary says. فَأَسْمَاءٌ تَقُولُ كَانَ غَيْمٌ فِي يَوْمٍ مِنْ رَمَضَانٍ فَظَنَنَّا غُرُوبَ الشَّمْسِ فَأَفْطَرْنَا وَبَعْدَهُ طَلَعَتِ الشَّمْسِ فَقَالَ قَائِلٌ هِشَامٌ بْنُ عُرْوَةَ الرَّاوِيَ عَنْ زَوْجَتِهِ وَهِيَ عَنْ أَسْمَاءِ هَلْ اللَّهُ ذَاتُكُ هَلْ أَمَرَهُمْ الشَّارِعُ بِالْقَضَاءِ فَقَالَ إِنْ قَضَاءَ لَبُدَّ مِنْهُ فَمَنْ ظَنَّ غُرُوبَ فَأَفْطَرَ فَظَهَرَ خِلَافُهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْأَمْسَاكُ بِقِيَّةِ الْيَوْمِ لِحُمْلَةِ الْوَقْتِ وَيَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ قَضَاءَ الْيَوْمِ لِفَسَادِ سَوْمِهِ وَلَا كَفَارَةَ عَلَيْهِ وَمِثْلُهُ مَنْ أَكَلَ يَظُنُّ بِقَاءِ اللَّيْلِ فَبَانَ لَهُ أَنَّ أَكْلَهُ كَانَ نَهَارًا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ الْأَمْسَاكُ بِقِيَّةِ الْيَوْمِ وَالْقَضَاءَ لِفَسَادِ سَوْمِهِ بِالْأَكْلِ وَعَلَيْهِ الْجُمْهُورُ وَالْأَئِمَّةُ الْأَرْبَعَةُ Warawa, hmm, I didn't know that. Warawa, Waruya, An Mujahid, Wa Ata, Wa Urwa, Adam and Qada, Lianum Akhtauk, and Nasi, Wakadrufia, and Qalam Anum. So, what does this comment say? It says, So, what's happening here? Asma bin Abu Bakr is narrating it. And in the end of it, it says, It says, Then Hisham was asked about it. Uh, like did they have to make up that day or not So let me explain the, the situation first The situation is They're fasting And it's overcast And they broke their fast Thinking that the sunset had already happened They broke their fast Thinking that sunset had already happened Because it was overcast They couldn't tell And then after they did that They realized that the sun was still out Okay, so what, what has happened is they broke their fast early on by mistake, thinking that iftar time had already come when it had not come. So then the question is, do they have to make up that day or not? So Asma bin Tabi Bakr is the one who's narrating it. And Hisham ibn Urwa was asked about it. And Hisham ibn Urwa uh, narrated this from his wife who narrated it from Asma which is kind of cool and he was the scholar so he was asked like okay so what's the interpretation of this do they have to make it up or not and he said yeah they have to make it up and that's the position of the four madhabs same thing for the person that um, is eating their suhoor their morning meal and they think that fajr has not begun yet and so they're eating and then afterwards they realize they made a mistake and they ate too late in both of these cases, the person must complete the fast out of respect for the day 
either you're on the end or in the beginning, you're still doing the whole day in the beginning. But they would have to make up the day afterwards, after Ramadan, in order to, without having to do the other expiation, just make up the day. Inshallah, it's clear. An Abi Hurairah radiallahu anhu an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قَالَ مَنْ ذَرَعَهُ أَنْ قَيْءُ وَهُوَ صَائِمٌ فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ قَضَاءٌ وَإِنَ اسْتَقَاءَ فَلْيَقْدِي So this says, Abu Hurairah radiallahu an says that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that a, a person who vomit overtakes them while they are fasting, then they do not have to make up the day. But the one who causes themselves to vomit, then that would break their fast and they have to make up the day. Okay, so there's a distinguishing between the one who is overcome by it without intending to do so versus the one who uh, uh, intentionally vomits. وَمِنْهَا الْوِصَالِ وَمِنْهَا الْوِصَالِ Again, these are chapters on, these are subsections on Things that are disliked or prohibited for the one uh, as relates to fasting. Al-Wisal. Al-Wisal is to fast for more than one day without eating. To go more than one day without eating. So, you know, some, some, some religions and cultures and stuff do this. They'll do it, a fast that lasts a day, two days, three days, whatever. The Prophet ﷺ used to do this, but this is from his khasa'is. There's a category of things that are specific to the Prophet and not for his followers, and this is one of them. That um, they should um, they should not do that. They should not fast in that way. So let's see uh, what the narration here is. Too quickly. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال نهى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الوصال فقالوا إنك تواصل يا رسول الله قال وأيكم مثلي إني أبيت يطعمني ربي ويسقيني فلما أبوا أن ينتهوا عن الوصال واصل بهم يوما ثم يوما ثم رأوا رأوا الهلال فقال لو تأخر الهلال لزدتكم كالمنكلي لهم حين أبوا أن ينتهوا So what does this say? It says the Prophet ﷺ told the people not to do this wisal where they uh, go for more than one day at a time and uh, he told them don't do this and they said Ya Rasulullah but you do it you know, you're telling us not to do it, but you do it. And he said, And which one of you is like me? I spend the night with my Lord. He feeds me and he gives me drink. I spend the night with my Lord. He feeds me and he gives me drink. If you take Ustad Fuad's Aqidah um, classes, one of the things that he will make sure that you understand is the difference between Something that is required by uh, experience 
uh, versus something that is required by pure intellect. So experientially, we attain satiation by eating food. But really what's happening is we eat the food and Allah creates with the eating of the food our satiation. And uh, he will you know, emphasize that that can happen without it. Allah can create the consequence of eating for the Prophet ﷺ without the Prophet ﷺ eating. So he said that to them, but they still kept going. You know, they still kept doing it. So he told them, uh, so, he, so, so he was like, okay. So he did it one day, then he did it another day. Uh, then, then like another, they, they saw the, um, uh, they saw the moon, the moon was sighted. So he told them, if the moon, if the moon wasn't sighted, I would have, I would have given you more. I would have gone more days and more days until you guys realize, like, I'm being, I'm telling you the truth that I can do this, but you can't do this, right? This is specific for the Prophet in another narration he told them don't do this fast that goes continuously uh, and he told them don't do this fast that goes continuously don't do this fast that goes continuously and then he, and then he told him Ya Rasulullah you do it and he said, Who? he said I spend the night with my Lord he feeds me and he gives me drink so do deeds that you are able to maintain you're able to bear do deeds that you are able to bear. This is a really important lesson from the seerah, the, the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Saying like, this is something you cannot bear. This is a specialty of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in general, do the types of deeds with Allah that you can be consistent in doing. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't bite off more than you can chew. It's not necessary. Usually it's out of ego too, you know, like not to say it was with the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, but with people like us, when we bite off more than we can chew, it's because we think that we're something. And we don't need to do that with our Lord. We need to just worship Him in a way that is consistent and is doable for us. وَمِنْهَا الْمُبَاشَرَةَ وَالْقِبْلَةَ <coughs> so these are and Qubla is kissing and Mubashara is like to be um, like provocatively intimate let's put it that way provocatively intimate عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه but less than the actual act عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن الرجل سأل النبي صلى الله عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن المباشرة للصائم فرخص له وأتاه آخر فسأله فنهاه فإذا الذي رخص له شيخ والذي نهاه شاب 
It's an interesting narration. It says, A man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he asked him about this mubashara. To be intimate in a way that provokes the person, but they're not taking it to its conclusions. For a fasting person, is that okay? And the Prophet ﷺ allowed it for him. Then another man came to him and he asked him the same question and he told him no. Hmm? First person came, he told him it's okay. Second person came, he told him no. And the situation was that um, the first person who the Prophet ﷺ allowed it for was older and the other person was younger. Okay, And don't bring to me this ageism stuff. Uh, they're very different. What you allow for... And don't forget, people in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they often married very young. So, you know, what you allow for someone who's 15 is not the same as what you allow for someone that's 45. Especially on this issue. Because what is the issue? If they accidentally take it too far, then they have a problem because they did something in Ramadan that they absolutely cannot do. So for a certain category, he closed the door. And for another category, he was like, it's okay because, you know, you have a little bit more experience. You know how to control yourself. Totally reasonable. An Aisha radiallahu anha qalat, kana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yuqabbilu wa yubashiru wa huwa sa'im wa kana amlakakum li irbi. That Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to kiss his wives and be physically, you know, close with them in Ramadan, this mubashara that we were talking about. Uh, and he was the most capable of you in controlling himself. So she says that at the end of the narration. So the issue is related to, why are the two narrations mentioned together? It's to clarify that the issue is related to the person's capacity to control themselves. Okay? Whether or not it can be done is related to that. وَمِنْهَا الْمُبَالَغَةُ فِي الْمَضْمَضَةِ وَالْإِسْتِنْشَاقِ From the things that you're not supposed to do is going overboard, so to speak, and washing your nose and your mouth when making wudu. النقيط بن صبر رضي الله عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله أخبرني عن الوضوء قال أسبغ الوضوء وخلل بين الأطصابع وبالغ في الاستنشاق إلا أن تكون صائما so this laqit, he asked the Prophet ﷺ about wudu. He told him, when you make wudu, do isbagh. Isbagh of wudu is to go beyond the absolute minimum. So the absolute minimum is to go, you know, include the elbow. They would go like up to the mid-arm. This is isbagh al-wudu. Same thing on the ankles. Told him, do that. And go between your fingers. And be... Um, not excessive, but you know, do a lot of istinshaq and uh, istinshaq is from the nose, and tamadmad is from the mouth. So uh, to to do a to do a lot of those, unless you are fasting, unless you are fasting. So he specifically said uh, to avoid that when you're fasting. La bil janabati that being in a state of major ritual impurity does not affect the fasting person. What is the narration? It clarifies it. An Aisha radiallahu anha qalat kana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yudriku huwa al-fajru fi ramadan min ghayri hulum 
فَيَغْتَسِنُ وَيَصُومُ So what is it saying? They're saying that the Prophet ﷺ would be in Ramadan, in the Fajr time would begin, and he'd be in a state of ritual, major ritual impurity. Meaning he needs to make ghusl. He needs to take a full shower. And so he would make ghusl and he would fast. So he would make a ghusl and he would fast. وَقَالَتْ أُمُّ سَلَمَةً رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ يُصْبِحُ جُنُبًا مِنْ جِمَاعٍ لَا مِنْ حُلُمٍ ثُمَّ لَا يُفْطِرُ وَلَا يَقْضِي The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Umm Salama says this. Again, we're getting these narrations from his wives. Uh, you know, it's... She says the Messenger of Allah وسلم, would wake up, or he would be enter into the morning, the time of fasting, and he would be in a state of major ritual impurity that would require ghusl from having relations with his wife. So they're distinguishing here between if it was like a wet dream or something versus if someone actually had relations with their wife. So he says, uh, she says that he would, in that case, uh, continue. He would fast, and he wouldn't make up the day. So the point being that one can be in that state when the day begins, as long as they didn't and enter into that state by their own act after the day has begun. So if it happens before, it's fine. That's the point here. لا بأس بالحجامة والكحلي والغسل. There's no problem with cupping and kuhl it's like the stuff you put on your eyes and uh, bathing an thawban radiyallahu an an nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam qala aftar al hajimu wal mahjum aftar al hajimu wal mahjum wa qila li anas akuntum takrahuna al hijamata li sa'im ala ahd al nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam qala la illa min ajli al da'f so your um, so now is going to be some sort of reconciliation between these different narrations. So the first narration says that the person who cups someone else and the person who receives the cupping, their fast is broken. Then the next narration says, It was said to Anas radiallahu an, the servant of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Did you guys dislike cupping for the fasting person in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And he says, No, except if it was going to, except because it may cause weakness, or if it was going to cause weakness for the person. So there's, mo- there's many narrations here, so sit tight. وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم احتجم وهو محرم واحتجم وهو صائم and it's narrated from Ibn Abbas رضي الله عنهما that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم did hijama, did cupping when he was muhrim when he was in a state of ihram going to umrah or hajj and he did fast he did cupping as well uh, when he was fasting وفي رواية لا يفطر من قاء ولا من احتلم ولا من احتجم. There's a narration that says the person who vomits unintentionally, as we said before, or has a wet dream, or 
does cupping does not break their fast does not break their fast The majority position is to go with these hadith that say that it does not break one's fast. So there has to be some sort of weighing here. The majority went with that it does not break one's fast. Some of them considering it disliked, others not. An Anasin radiallahu anhu qala qala rajulun in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mishtakat aini afa aktahilu wa ana sa'imun qala na'am. A man, Anas said that a man came to the Prophet sallam and he complained of his eye, his eyes bothering him. He said, so can I put kuhl on it while I'm fasting? And the Prophet said, yes. Uh, in another narration, وَاكْتَحَلَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ فِي رَمَضَانِ وَهُوَ سَائِمْ That the Prophet sallam applied this kuhl in Ramadan when he was fasting. Why does this matter? Why are, the, why are these things coming up? When you're cupping... You're taking from the body. Does that break a fast or not? When you're putting kuhl, you're putting kuhl on the eye. Some of it might mix with the eye. Does that enter the body or not? And would that break the fast? Okay, so these are the principles that are coming out of it. Um, so you can think, for example, from the from the cupping one, that the majority said that this act of cupping does not break the fast. So, if you were to donate blood in Ramadan, would it break your fast? It would not, right? On the same kind of concept, it's drawing blood, because that's what happens when you cup. Um, on the on the eye one, you could say, so the question here becomes, if it's entering from the eye, the related issue here is... What kind of entry points are such that they nullify the fast? And at least for the Hanafis, the answer to that is that an entry point that leads to the inner cavity of the body, the digestive tract, essentially. So the eye is not such. Whereas the nose and the mouth, and even, I can't remember actually what they said about the ear, but the nose and the mouth, the eye does not. So the related question would be, if someone wants to get a COVID-19 vaccination or any vaccination or any shot or whatever in Ramadan, would that break their fast? The answer generally would be no because it's not entering into the digestive tract of the of the body, even if there's something that's entering. Like you get, you know, your shoulders, you get the shot here. It's, it's you know, it doesn't enter into uh, the thing. The added issue, though, with um, with the COVID vaccine in, in particular, is that a lot of people have uh, difficult side effects after the second one. So it may be that the shot itself doesn't break your fast, but the next day you might be in a condition that will make it difficult to fast. So one should be aware of that, and perhaps delay it if if possible, or you know that's up to you. That's your call. وكان أنس رضي الله عنه يكتحل وهو صائم وقال الأعمش ما رأيت أحدا من أصحابنا يكره الكحل للصائم 
Uh, Anas radiallahu an used to use kuhl when he's fasting. And Al-A'mash, who was from the generation after of great scholars, says that I didn't see anyone from our companions who used to dislike using kuhl for the fasting person. وَلَمْ يَرَى أَنَسٌ وَالْحَسَنُ وَإِبْرَاهِيمُ بِنْ كُحْلِينِ الصَّائِمِ And Anas and Al-Hasan and Ibrahim, all again scholars from the generation after, uh, none of them saw that there was an issue with using kuhl while fasting. وَقَالَ بَعْضُ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِالْعَرْجِ يَصُبُّ عَلَى رَأْسِهِ الْمَاءَ وَهُوَ صَائِمٌ مِنِ الْحَرِّ أَوْ الْعَطُشِ In this narration they say, some of us, we saw the Prophet ﷺ and he was in this place and he was pouring water on his head and, you know, pouring water over his head out of uh, how hot it was and how thirsty they were from fasting and so on and so forth. So the point here is, one can take a shower in order to uh, cool themselves off or in order to deal with the difficulty of fasting. Which brings us to the end of that section and the beginning of a new section. So this is probably a good place to stop. Uh, as I mentioned, this is our last session because next Tuesday we will be in Ramadan. So this is our last section in the hadith. Alhamdulillah, we were able to read some of the hadith and prepare for the blessed month of Ramadan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us and to allow us to reach Ramadan. And inshallah as uh, Ramadan comes And as we mentioned before I have a different topic So Tuesday Man I need to prepare Tuesday We start this series That I'm doing for Ramadan specifically Which will only last for Ramadan In Ramadan there's no Hadith There's st- the, the series that I'm doing in Ramadan Will be on Tuesday night Sunday night is gone Only Tuesday night for me And we'll do it on uh, The lives of some of the reciters and uh, scholars of the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shara wa la ilaha illa. Astaghfirullah wa ta'ala. If there's any questions or anything that anyone would like to.